You're listening to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. You've read the stories of the drivers and others involved in the sport that we all love. Now hear their stories firsthand via our all-new podcast to find out how their passion for motorsports has made life worth living. You know I'm excited because I picked up a new video game today. Yes, you got a gory video game. It's the Mortal Kombat 11, 13, whatever, I don't know. I don't know. There's been a lot of Mortal Kombat. I mean, it's been out since I was at the end of high school, into college, and it's 2019, so I don't want to say when I graduated, but it was a long time ago. Why? You got to make <laughs> me feel old. I was talking about myself being old. What are you talking about? But I'm just saying, I'm excited because I get to play Mortal Kombat, which is a technologically advanced video game. And his son's probably his son plays video games all the time, so he's probably going to be he's killing not play his dad it. all yeah. night. No, I, mean, I don't know if I'm going to let him play it, but Ryan and I will be playing it. And <laughs> well, it's kind she's of your fiance, so she'll be cutting your head off all night. Oh, she'll be, she'll be destroying me. I, well, I, don't, I don't stand a chance. She's so talented and funny. But it, it makes me think of the engineering that went behind that game ties into the engineering and foresight and development of the guy that we're talking to tonight. Yes, and it's incredible. The gentleman we're going to be speaking to tonight, he's not even, I mean, you know, he's not your typical engineer. He didn't Mm-mm. go to school for years. He he didn't train in any of this stuff. I mean, no. the, he dropped out in high school at 15, got his GED at 16, and is a self-taught inventor and not only is he a self-taught inventor and yes i know this is racing so don't worry this is racing related it's racing yo it's absolutely racing but he is making a difference in so many people's lives i mean such a positive difference i mean who does that and here's the kicker not that it matters because it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter one bit he's quadriplegic i know and he's invented something that has revolutionized only racing but the automotive the automotive industry industry as a whole this dude is sitting on, I don't want to say a gold mine. He, he is, is sitting on a diamond mine. He really is. And, and for those that, you know, these automotive industries that haven't gotten the equipment like this yet, where are you? Hello? Yeah. I mean, no wonder you're losing money. You're bleeding money because you don't have what you need. Yeah. We're excited then, to talk to Mario Bonfante Jr. Bonfante. 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 Yes, Bonfante. I was, I was, we had to, we, yeah, we had to practice because we were, <laughs> we were, we did have to practice. And Chris and I need to go to speech see, therapy. Well, because, yeah, see, but I'm from South Boston. Right. I ain't no help in this. It's going to be Bonfante. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to be horrible no matter what I say. I can't say water to save my damn life. So, <clears throat> welcome to the latest edition of Behind the Wheel on racingjunk.com. You've read the stories. You've heard us talk to folks. If you follow the podcast, you know that the last one we had, we had Brian Hannaford, we had Shane Mill, and we were talking about adaptive motorsports and the very special event that happened in Richmond Mm -hmm. on April 9th. Lily, tell me a little bit about that because I didn't get a chance to go because you know I'm pulled in so many different directions. Yeah, well, the, he's making that excuse. They don't allow him in in Virginia. I'm just saying. Look, it's he's still under South litigation. <laughs> okay. He has to hide. He can't come to Virginia. I actually do. I can't like I can't cross the state line legally. Yeah. It's it's a mix up. He wanted me to hide him in my trunk, but I just didn't feel good about it. They search him now when they when they come across. And, they, and it was storming that night, so I just knew something yeah. bad was going to happen. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, no, such a great event. It was such an amazing event. I mean, it was. So some of the most upbeat bunch of guys that I've ever met. I mean, there were so many guys there that, you know, they get out of their cars and you think, there's no way. 
I mean, why would somebody think that they could drive a car or do anything else? But, oh my gosh. And you'd think that they were going to be down and blue because of what's happened to them. No. Oh my gosh, they were so inspiring, so upbeat. They, and they didn't even care about themselves. They were like, okay, I'm here to help everybody else here but, but, but myself. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. I mean, we're talking quadriplegics. We're talking you know, paralyzed veterans. We're talking amputees. Mm. I mean, I met this incredible guy who is going to be doing some incredible artwork for me, which I am very excited about. You'll find about find out about that later. It's oh. in the process. Okay. Um, Wait, but this ain't like some Leonardo DiCaprio from no, Titanic. No, it's not Titanic. Okay, no, right. no, no, no. Right. Ellen, you don't want you don't I want can't. anybody drawing this. It's scary. No. I mean, <laughs> No. I mean, I'm just saying. No, no look, she, she, no. she, she's, at, she's absolutely being facetious. No. <laughs> she's lovely, but I mean, I don't. No, it's okay. got nothing to do with that. Okay. Because I just had one of them done. I thought maybe we could get them matching. That's where I was going. <laughs> I don't even want to see yours. That's got to be well, scary. Well, the artist was blind. He used sound recognition to do it. Oh, God. Which was, I mean, I think it's pretty representative. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, Andy Warhol. Hello. <laughs> Probably looks like a soup can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I walk around here looking like a busted can of biscuits. <laughs> but it was it was an amazing event. And unfortunately, our guest that you're going to meet tonight was not there and, uh, due to an unforeseen health complication. Mm. Unfortunately, our buddy Shane didn't get to make it either due to a health complication. Shane, we love you, buddy. That's all right. We, we still, hey, I spent almost an hour on the phone with Shane at the event, so it was like he was there. What hey, he's giving away, and speaking of, you know, we can't we can't bypass this. Yeah. He mentioned on the last podcast here on Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com, giving away a trip to the Indianapolis 500. 500. He better be taking me. I'm sorry, people that want to, you know, register for this, but I'm really hoping he's going to give me the, me the award because I really want to go to the Indy 500. Details are coming. He probably won't. He'll probably tell me I'm not eligible, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy we're going to speak to tonight, um, he was a big part of this event, and he is a self-taught mechanical designer who has designed this steering wheel for paralyzed drivers and not only paralyzed drivers but amputees and all that and he's actually going to take all these paralyzed drivers all the way to the paralympics i don't care what anybody says it's going to happen it's going to happen i'm so excited it's going to happen so we are super excited to be speaking with mario bonfanti jr Mm -hmm. and that's coming up next right here on behind the wheel on racingjunk.com attention racers Race fans and gearheads, if you're looking to buy, sell, or trade the stuff that stokes your engine, then check out RacingJunk.com. RacingJunk.com is the world's number one online racing and performance classifieds, where you'll find what you need to rock your ride. Check us out at RacingJunk.com. Racing and performance classifieds built to go fast. Welcome back to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. Uh, little E, Chris Young, we are here, and we're excited to have on the phone with us Mario Bonfanti, Jr. Mario, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. So Ellen got a chance to go to the event in Richmond. I yes. didn't. Yes. But uh, Ellen, take it away. I, I, his story is phenomenal. Yes. Um, for those of you who have been following the podcast, you know that there was a big event in Richmond recently, a Southside Speedway with Adaptive Motorsports. Um, it wasn't some big race where you go to some big drag race like with the NHRA and the ZMAX thing coming up, but it's it was a really special event because it was 
well as getting a lot of drivers back behind the wheel who may not usually get to drive. I mean, there were some there that do drive daily drivers, but these are like paralyzed drivers and veterans who, um, you know, now are amputees and are now living their lives in a different way, but they are living it so incredibly. I was so completely blown away and amazed at how well these gentlemen, each one of them, um, and I would say ladies too, but it was this gentleman that were there. <laughs> um, I think there were only three of us ladies there and all of us were just there as support staff. Um, but all these gentlemen that were there that were coming back from some pretty incredible experiences to just relive life in a new way and not only relive life but be inspirations to others and while Mario unfortunately did not get to attend but wanted to um, due to a, a last minute emergency um, I got to hear all about Mario and believe me Mario when I'm saying this you got a ton of kudos from everyone there and everybody was telling me this is the guy you need to meet and I'm like I know I was right. planning on him being the first one I wanted to meet. So, um, so everybody was singing your praises. Everybody wanted you there, and you were there in spirit with all of us because Mario is doing something pretty incredible to put paralyzed drivers back behind the wheel. And I, I mean, not only drivers, but racers in general. Right. And the one thing that was really cool about this adaptive motorsports event as well, not only was it inspiring people to show them that they can do anything regardless of a disability. It was also giving these drivers a chance to maybe become Olympic athletes someday. Mm -hmm. Maybe not them, but you know, it's this adaptive bringing motorsports. it to the forefront. Exactly, yeah. this adaptive motorsports program. Their goal is to get athletes, paralyzed athletes, and other athletes that you know maybe amputees or whatever behind the wheel in the Paralympics. Right. And I can definitely see this happening. I mean, racing should be in the Paralympics. I mean, yeah. everything else is. Why not? I mean, this would be incredible. And watching. <laughs> these guys drive I had an opportunity to get behind the wheel with the gentleman who was a triple amputee and I'm telling you I couldn't tell the difference and actually he was a better driver than some guys I know that oh I'm sure every limb right. so it was now, now Mario incredible. do you feel like you know at, at some point we will have racing in the Paralympics I sure hope so. I mean, there's definitely a lot of, I call them the forgotten demographic because, I mean, a lot of the reason people are in chairs or situations that they're in that are catastrophic are usually because they're pushing boundaries and pushing limits past the normal human being, and uh, those people don't usually get an outlet anymore. So um, now that the whole opportunity is available and the technology's advanced so much that those people are coming out of the shadows, and I think that people are going to be surprised at what these differently able, differently challenged athletes are going to be able to do. And not only on the level of competing against each other, but also challenging able-bodied athletes. And that's where I'm looking to hopefully accommodate them with uh, proper technology to do so. Now, Mario, before we get into the sweet technology, which, you know, we teased on the last podcast right. here behind the wheel. Right. Um, <clears throat> tell me about your background and history in motorsports. Uh, man, I've, that's a, a long, long history. So <laughs> I've been in it pretty much all my life. I don't really know any difference. So I've been racing. I started with BMX bicycles when I was a kid because my parents couldn't afford to get me into motocross, which was actually the ideal situation with uh, with racing and learning body awareness and jumping through the air and figuring out how to, how to operate and just maneuver and use my body as opposed to just weight and such. Um, so I started with BMX, got into motocross from there and from there I uh, graduated into road racing street bikes 
and that was by accident. And uh, from there, got my professional license when I was 16 years old. I started doing that really well throughout the ranks in that really quickly. Doors were flying open, and um, unfortunately, I decided to breach contract. Just, uh, just kind of be me, being me, and mm-hmm. not knowing any limits and pushing boundaries too much. And uh, not gonna be held back down on by bicycle. the <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty stupid. It was it honestly it was just the ego thing and the whole just me not not agreeing with my own abilities and just wanting to participate kind of thing. So I, I actually showed up at somebody's third time. Time, yeah, All the time. I mean, you know, there, there's a reason why Ryan Seacrest is where he is and I am where I am. It's because I said, you know what? No to the soul-stealing contract. I wasn't going to do it and be the pretty boy on TV like he is. Pretty? You're pretty. Yeah, no. I told you you're pretty. No. My mom. <laughs> Pretty did. <laughs> My mom tells me the same thing all the time. <laughs> See, but, I mean, there's uh, a difference, Mario. You are pretty. I've seen videos of you. You are gorgeous. Yeah. Chris is. I look no. like I ran a hundred yard dash in a ninety yard gym. That's kind of the. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the yeah, no. It's, uh, <laughs> but we're all special, right? Yeah, Bye. exactly. But um. Yeah, so it was a, a little bit of an interesting turn in my life at that point when I just got on the bicycle, ended up breaking my neck, uh, and from there it was just uh, I wasn't done. So I, I just basically decided that, I mean, I didn't decide. I, I woke up in the hospital. I had a full outer body experience. It was kind of crazy. Didn't really, don't really recall the first two weeks of any of it. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really, really crazy. I mean, I remember floating over the whole situation like a movie, watching it. And uh, watching them trap me in the gurney, watching the fire truck get there, watching just the, just the whole thing go down. I've never lost consciousness once. According to the paramedics, they asked me all the typical knock yourself out question, like what day is it, what's your name, what's your date of birth, all that stuff, and answer them completely correct. But I had no recollection of any of it. Wow. And uh, I was just watching it from from above. And this remember this really bright entity just asked me, do you want to stay or do you want to go? I'm like, well, what kind of question is that? I'm not done yet. Like, of course I want to stay. And then from that moment on the floor, it was just um, I snapped back in my body from apologizing to my parents from about like the one thing I remember from that perspective was laying on the gurney looking up at them and they're like what are you apologizing for and I knew I disrespected their wishes of not riding a bicycle not getting on the motorcycle not doing things I wasn't supposed to do because I had people paying for me to do what I wanted to do and was essentially living my dream and woke up from my worst nightmare so it was uh, I didn't know what I did I didn't know what was different I didn't know what the, the next phase in life had in store for me but I knew essentially it was going to be a lot different than what I had had going on at that point in time and uh, it was because of the decision I made to get on that bicycle that day so did anybody it was, believe um, you when you told them that I mean that you had an out of body experience yeah uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, now it's been pretty common for a lot of people to think that a lot, a lot more accepted. Uh, I don't know about at the time. Everyone at the time when I woke up, everyone thought I was crazy. And they, they thought I was nuts in general because I told them to have the bikes ready for Daytona because that's what I was getting ready for. And right. told them I told my dad to have told, told the sponsors, everyone that we're good to go. I mean, I've woken up in the hospital several times, so it was nothing new to me. It's like let's get this rehab process started. Let's start moving forward. Let's, we got we got work to do. We got to get going. And uh, they're like, no, I don't think you understand the of the injury this time it's a little bit more entailed than what you actually uh, are understanding and so when they said I was a quadriplegic I didn't even know what a quadriplegic was they're just like and I was I thought being in a wheelchair it was from the waist down there's no different like levels of injury so it was new to me and completely from A to Z and uh, yeah so I I don't know I just I wasn't done I I didn't care how I was going to race I didn't know what I was going to race or how I was going to even do it 
but I'm like, I'll race a spaceship, I'll race a, a submarine, I'll race a helicopter. It doesn't matter. Just, I want to go fast. I want to have fun. I want to <laughs> red October. Yeah. <laughs> now, how, yeah, how so, I mean, old were you when all that went down? Uh, 17. Wow. So, Dude, you hadn't even so I was started yet. Career. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I started, but I just started getting real serious. Wow. And so it was like, I just signed some contract, my contract for the following season. And it was when things were starting to really, like everything that I worked my entire life for, it finally started to come together and basically be a reality and be a reality of actually becoming a professional racer as, a, right. as my job and as my dream and uh, goal for since I was a young child. So um, that was like where I, when I woke up and I just I said I wasn't done. I, I, I got to keep moving forward. And at that point in time, I hadn't seen the extent that I was able to accomplish that I knew in my mind that I still could. And that's almost what drives me today is still knowing, knowing that I'm still able to do so much more and haven't got to actually experience or uh, just, I guess, try or challenge myself in that direction. So um, that's one of the things that keeps me moving forward to keep chasing the dream. And you know, I think a lot of athletes, a lot of people that have the same mentality, it's just a, a personal understanding of what you're capable of doing at that point in time and then what you're still capable of doing because you don't understand fully as a young kid, for one, mm-hmm. and as an athlete in general, you don't accept limits. And uh, I think that's what makes a professional or even a champion, mainly, because um, there's there's the mediocre, there's the, the weekend warrior, but there's also the, the next level of of committed racer that it takes to actually become world champion, which was what I was set after. And that's the, the goal. Like champion state too. So how did you go from, I can do anything, you know, I put my mind to, to having doctors tell you, you're going to be in a wheelchair. You've got limits now and you, you know, you may be immobile. You may have a catheter. How did you go from, I can do anything. I'm a 17 year old phenom. I could race anybody. I could beat anybody. How did you go from that to overcoming that, overcoming that huge obstacle of them telling you, you know, most doctors and, and there are some doctors that do have that belief that you can still do, but there are some that are, you need to be careful. You, you've got limits now. There's, there's only so much you can do. How did you overcome that? You know, that doctor telling you, no, you can't. Uh, I thought they were crazy. I I just didn't believe them. I they started listing off a whole laundry list of things that I'm no longer able to do anymore. You're no longer able to be independent. You can't do this. You can't be by yourself. You can't like just everything in the world that I could possibly win. I'm just like, was well, there anything I can do? Can I still have kids? Can I still race? Can I? Can I? I'm just like asking, like, nope, sorry, you're you're fragile. You're like a porcelain doll. I'm like, no, I'm really not. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm like, I think. Your doctors say that kind of thing all the time. You have to be so careful. You have to be so careful and I'm just thinking as a racer and as somebody who has been in an accident like this they start telling you this I mean it it's hard to keep telling yourself I can still do it even though they think I can't like I couldn't I mean yeah no hoping I would but I don't know that right away I think I would kind of fall down for a minute and be like well maybe they're right maybe I can't so I'm just so yeah to be honest it it was a it was a it was the most humbling thing I've ever been through in my entire life, to be honest. That was it was just 
have my mom pick my pick my nose and tell where the booger was and to the left to the right and how to, how to scratch my face and all that. It, it was definitely humbling and it was like but in my mind it's like I I even told my grandma and I I mean at that point in time I was still all doped up and just on a bunch of crazy drugs or whatever what they had me on mm-hmm. and I told her don't worry Graham God's got a plan for me and I'll be fine don't, just don't worry about it mm-hmm. and she goes to my parents and tells them this kid's crazy he's gonna need therapy he's in denial he's got psychiatric problems blah 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 <laughs> Why is it's it when people like, have faith people think we're crazy? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, let's not lump you in with No, us I'm people. nothing like him, I no. Mean, you know, no, I mean, just in general. No. <clears throat> a little easy, a little special herself. I am. Um, <laughs> a little scary. Yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, and, and it's 17 years old when I take a look around now and I see, I work with a lot of, you know, younger people. Uh, and then when I was in broadcasting, I used to have a lot of interns at the college level and just getting them to be in on time was an act of Congress. And here's a guy who broke his neck paralyzed and is like no not stopping me show hate it no excuses play like a champion exactly I mean I I say that line all the time Mario you embody that 100% exactly he's got that so Nike Nike mentality doesn't he well just do it it, yeah just do it it. and you know what I think I think that actually led to his reason and purpose behind inventing what he invented right so let's go ahead and let's pull the veil off of that dress Mario Tell us a little bit about what drove you into saying, you know what, we need to create something. Um, I mean, I just, like I said, I, I wasn't done. I wasn't giving up and there was nobody doing it. So, I mean, I'm sitting down for multiple reasons and this is one of them. So I'm just doing my job and I, I know I'm, I'm here for a reason. So when I started looking online and YouTube and people that were racing or different options I had as far as driving or doing things that are competitive and all these different things. And this was a little over 12 years ago now. So, uh, there wasn't anyone doing it. And for me, it was kind of mind blowing. And then I didn't even know what hand controls looked like for one. They just said hand controls and I'm just like, okay, sure, whatever. And so at that point in time, it was just, I had no concept of how I was even going to get dressed, let alone feed myself. But it was just uh, some type of, I guess, I don't know, God or whatever in my mind telling me that you're going to be able to do something and you're here for a bigger purpose and just sit down for a second. It's like I've been going 200 miles in my, my entire life. And then all of a sudden he's like, you're going to need to sit down for a minute. Let me talk to you because we've got some things to go over because you've been, you've been doing your thing a little too crazy, a little too out over the limit this whole time. So um, from there, it was just a, a complete learning experience from that day forward and more internally than it was externally because I it wasn't very difficult for me to do many things my entire life and that may sound arrogant but I can pick up uh, pretty much whatever I wanted to do whether it was with music or sports or whatever it was whatever it was I'm not, not a terrible all. spectator no, not Dude, you're a self-taught inventor freaking rock star racer that is doing a billion times more than 90% of the people I know who aren't Immobilized. Exactly. I mean, I yeah, but that's, that's a personal choice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But how did you go? I mean, you had a passion for two wheels. You had a passion for BMX. How did you take that and become paralyzed and decide I'm going to drive a car? Not only drive a car, you know, he could have gone into something like stock cars or whatever. He started drift driving. 
Which I think is awesome because Is that that too fast, too furious stuff? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like like The Rock, uh, and Paul they're, Walker, they're and Vin fake, Diesel. They're fake doing it. He's real oh, doing it. That's, yeah. that, that's just the difference. Well, I, I mean, I would think Vin Diesel can't can't speak a sentence. I mean, I could seriously think he can actually drive a drift car like Tokyo Famous or whatever. I mean, how, dude, how, how yeah, did you get into that? Um, well, actually, I, I just drift for fun. I mean, it's not really what I race. So I actually got into road racing right. originally. And then uh, drifting is just something I've done as a kid, just messing around since I was since I was young, getting sideways and then on the streets, unfortunately. But um, it's just, uh, yeah, so it's something I've always known how to do. And when I got back into racing, it was I wanted to race on the tracks that I had raced on prior to my injury. So uh, it wasn't a question. It wasn't that I didn't want to go in or whatever it was i grew up on a road race track i grew up in motocross i grew up sliding around i grew up sideways and that was just the reality of my mentality and so it wasn't hard to adapt to it my brain knew how to do it it was just figuring out how to translate what my brain was telling my body to do and my body no longer being able to respond the way it used to so we're almost poisoned in a way growing up saying that there's one way to do things like here's here's your fork here's your spoon this is how you eat your meal here's a round doorknob you twist it with your fingers if your fingers don't work, there's no doorknobs that ever be ever invented that way. It'd be a lever everywhere, and there'd be no stairs if nobody could walk. It's just it's just the outlook that you kind of have to just develop, I guess, and realize there's ten ways to skin a cat, and figure out the best way that works for you. And so for me, I knew how to do it. It was just now figuring out how to do it the best to my ability with the things and muscle groups and the, the abilities that I have personally given uh, as a quadriplegic. So it didn't happen right off the bat as fast as I would like unfortunately but I think it was actually fortunate because if I were to have raced say Daytona I wasn't training to, to go participate in Daytona I was going to win Daytona right, and right. if that were the case as well I, I would have had different backing I mean I, I was going to realize that actual business in the industry and how quickly sponsors wrote me off and said okay well you can't really help us anymore let us know when you're better let us know when you're able to represent us on the level that we were looking to be represented at and good luck and best of luck to you and really? blah 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 so it was uh, I mean, it wasn't it, I mean it wasn't a, I mean it's business so it's yeah. just it wasn't a personal thing it's just that it, that's the reality of, of the industry yeah. so but if I would have gone and raced Daytona and I'd actually won or I mean who knows I, maybe I wouldn't have I, I was just I was cool with the mentality that I was going into it to win I don't, I don't go out to to participate like I said I go out to, to win. have a problem with losing yeah. so hey, let me, let me go ahead and clarify something to you you said there's 10 ways to skin a cat okay. I, I need to clarify that for a little <laughs> E the animal lover over here alright so cats have nine lives okay so to really get to the root of it you got to do 10 so 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 mario tell me tell me about your first road race um, my first road race, I'm on, I, I was in, that was interesting as well. I'd never even seen a road race for one. It's like, I, like, I, like I said, I got into it by accident. Um, but I had to start in the back of the grid the way that the actual racing format was set up. There was no qualifying and it was called AFM. So it was like the local level racing before you get to AMA uh-huh. and now it's world Superbike. But you, I basically get to earn your way up to the front. And so I started in 52nd on my first race and I didn't want to start back there the next race so they're like all right we'll pass as many people as you can in the first race and next race we would start further up so i took that personally into heart and passed as many people as i could and ended up eighth so it was a, it was a sprint race so it was within six laps i went from 52nd to eighth and then the next race i was able to keep moving forward and forward i actually have a picture uh, on the third race 
on the front line uh, with my yellow plate because as a rookie you get a yellow plate uh, or a novice or whatever you want to call it and everyone else has white plates as a professional and whatever local pros so I, I remember the announcer clearly saying like who is this kid with the yellow plate on the front line like where, where did he come from and according to everybody else I, I came from the wrong background motocross and all of that I mean I just always had my own way of doing things so the, the, the doctors and the nurses always had a problem with that because I just told them I figured it out my own way mm-hmm. and um, that's just kind of just been my I guess my life story as far as I do everything is I have my own way of doing it we all have our own way of doing it and I just I watch and I observe and I I kind of adapt and I just apply what's useful and discard what isn't and I think we all just need to learn to do that and make our own sauce and add it to the table is that how you got over the what if situation and let me let me explain that a little bit so I volunteer and I work with uh, the VA a lot and I work with, you know, a lot of wounded warriors and 99.9% of them never bring up the what if. But there's usually, you know, the one or two individuals who say, well, you know, if had this not happened, I would have been a X, Y, and Z. Um, whereas the others, they don't let that stop them from accomplishing the goal. I just keep thinking back to at the age of 17, here we are 12, 13 years later, you, you know, you know, however far along we are, you could have easily been sitting there going, well, what if? Yeah. I mean, I, I made the decision. That's We all know what we sign up for when we get out there. And it, it, maybe if I had been taken out by a drunk driver or if I had uh, some other outstanding situation take me out of the game then it may be harder to be accepted but for me it was everything happens for a reason and that's how I live my life and it's I made the choice to get on that bicycle that day so I can't blame anybody but myself and I didn't put myself in any situation I didn't think I can get myself out of so it was a freak accident that happened for the most part and it was uh, it was just I didn't have time to have a what if question in my head because I knew I was getting older in reality as far as racing goes and if I was going to make anything happen I had happened today or yesterday so I had to just keep moving forward and everyone else just wanted to kind of dwell on it and think about well, the whole what if thing and I'm just like I, I didn't have time for that so once again I, I don't, excuses play like a damn champion that's right I love it alright speaking of I gotta know about this steering wheel man yeah yeah. was your, your first race first road race did you have a steering wheel like what you're developing now or did you have to kind of just go with a hand control device and that helped you figure out how to create the steering wheel that you're starting to create now um, well, I didn't have it in my car. I had started developing it in my on a go kart actually, just because it was a little bit cheaper and easier to do. That makes sense. Um, so I had it in my mind, and it was I knew how I wanted to develop it, but I just didn't know the procedure of actually creating a product. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I wasn't an engineer. I kicked, got kicked out of school when I was 15, and um, took my GED when I was 16. So I, uh, I mean, I didn't have that whole understanding as far as engineering goes. I mean, I had a really good understanding as far as mechanics aspects and all that because of my dad being a mechanic by trade and just I've been a fabricator from learning from him and everything else so it's from that aspect it was very easy to understand the common mechanics of everything that goes along with it and on a bike it's a little easier than a car but um, in a car I, I had the typical hand control setup that you probably saw in Richmond uh, or something similar to it where you have one hand on the wheel one hand on the gas and brake right. and 
glad that I was able to go out on the track and only able to push the car about 60% just because I didn't want to go over the limit and not be able to recover. And not only that, you're only able to control the throttle and the, the brakes, not, not the gear shift points, which are crucial in my opinion. I, I drive the car a lot with the transmission as opposed to the brakes. And it's just, uh, you can't have the car in the proper RPM range. You can't brake the way that you want. It, it, there's just a lot of variables that come into play when you're not able to use all the different components in the vehicle to control it properly like you could with your feet and hands. So from there, um, in my head, I knew what muscle group worked the best, and for me at least, and uh, physics in general as far as racing goes, and developed them around that. So it was it was something where I knew that I, I mean, I was going fast enough to win my class at the time, which was a time attack, but it was not fast enough that I knew that I, could, I was possibly able to do it. And I still had a lot more in my mind and a lot more in reality that I knew that I can achieve. And uh, there was nothing available that was out there that was uh, that was that had been done like that before. So going from that portion of it to actually creating the product was even more difficult than actually getting on track and driving in general. It's because nobody believed it was possible. They just would, I'd go, like I said, I didn't know the process of creating a product. I go to a different machine shop or different machines. I went to like 30 different machine shops in my local area and asked them, I had rudimentary drawings, I've drawn my entire life. So it was, I just kind of drew up what was in my head so I can get the concept on paper so people can understand what I was talking about when I was explaining it to them. And uh, they'd look at me and they'd go to shake my hand and they'd, they'd reach out and shake my hand and my fingers don't work. So they'd look at me with a kind of funny look and I'm like, and you want to do what? You want to race a car? Like you can't even shake my hand and let alone hold a pencil or a steering wheel. How are you going to race a car? So close. So they're like, sorry. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, it's their reality. So, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so it was, perception um, versus reality. Exactly. It's, you know, and, until you alter their reality, it's going to be their perception. And the only way to do it is to do what he did. Mm-hmm. And he was just talking yeah, about... I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, Chris had to step away for a second. He was Chris, he was just talking about um, the type of apparatus they had in Richmond, which you didn't get to see or that yeah. you can kind of see in the video that I did, is they have um, one hand kind of holds the steering wheel, the other hand or the other, however your your grip is, like the guy that drove the car with me, he had a device that connects to his prosthesis, mm-hmm. which is not a hand, it's just a little device mm-hmm. that um, can hold, kind of grip things, not real tight, um, and he uses that to to control the uh, brakes and the gas. But you also have a different type of steering wheel now that's being created. Am I correct? Because I know I saw a whole different, forgive me, but there's a YouTube video of Mario that is really cool. Right. (laughs) Um, And there's this device that kind of looks like, and I'm probably getting this wrong because I'm not good at the kind of thing you're doing, Mario, but (laughs) it kind of looks like a very small floor jack attached to the steering wheel mount that they mounted his hands on and he it kind of turns it into a steering wheel. And yeah. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, so. the paddles. Yeah. <laughs> so is that kind of what you're developing now uh, versus what they um, did in Richmond? Yes, exactly. Well, that's what I developed originally for. So when I originally developed it, I didn't really re- expect the response that I did. I mean, I made the first video of it being used and all that, and I more so made it to actually generate sponsorship right. and put it out to send the sponsors and all that. And I got all of a sudden messages from all around the world and languages that I had to translate on Google Translate and just different <laughs> things. That? That's Why awesome. Are you me out? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, what's going on? What is this? What is that about my mother, sir? How dare you? (laughs) 
Yeah, so I was just like, everyone's just super interested. They're like, man, is this going to be available to for us to purchase? Are you going to start producing them? Blah blah blah. And like the whole nine yards. I'm just like, I was a little overwhelmed, and I was you know, at the time I was still pretty young, so I didn't know the process. Like I said, of creating up at that point, it was gone now. From I created it to work for myself, but now to create it to be universally adaptable to, for, for anybody to use across the world for me to ship it out as a package and expect them to install it without doing the, all the invasive things that I had to do to my car to change it to actually modify it and, and use it for myself. Um, I mean, there's I mean, European cars to Japanese cars to American cars, they all vary as far as steering angles and steering radiuses. And just so there's a lot of different things that come into play when you change manufacturers in general. Yeah. So I've concentrated on taking that wheel that you're talking about online mm-hmm. and making it so it's now universally adaptable to where, say, if you three or you, you us three wanted to go to the track together, mm-hmm. all we have to do is put it on a quick release steering wheel, like a quick release for a regular race car for F1 or whatever type of racing there is. It pops off, pull the wheel off, regular steering wheel, put my system on, and uh, I go out and drive, how do my long? laps, and then all of a sudden come, come in. Yeah, I was going to say, how long does like it take? It's like the steering wheel for, like, if you were going to NASCAR or something like, like that, minutes. they have... Yeah. Not, not, oh, no, not no. yet, like, seconds. Oh, no, yeah. it was seconds. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I would love to, but we have to make sure we pick one of the states that I'm allowed in. Oh, yeah, there's not many. Yeah, there's... Yeah. Yeah. Virginia, like... Yeah, I was, I was asked Virginia to leave Virginia. Virginia is not one of them, because he lived yeah. in Virginia. He grew up in Virginia. Grew up there, and I thought for sure... a long time ago. Natural-born son, they want me back. Nope. No, no. They really don't want him there. A little situation with a missing El Camino from 92 we're not going to get into. But, but I mean, Mario, this is something that, I mean, I don't use the term revolutionize lightly. This is, I mean... You've not only revolutionized what can be done for, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Paralympic athletes. Right. Uh, What can be done for the industry as a whole, dude? What does that feel like, man? Uh, I mean, it's... uh I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. Like I said, I, I, Bruh, don't I'm be, here for a reason. Man, don't be I'm modest. Just, uh, don't be modest. I'm, I don't know. Any, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm he's not good at talking about myself, I guess, but <laughs> it's this is just, uh, yeah. it's just, I, if I'm not going to do it, who else is? That's kind of the way I exactly. look at it. I love it. And I can't, I know how good it feels for me to be able to, to get out on track. That was the most normal I felt my entire injury. It was, it was the first time I was sitting on the line mm-hmm. and the guy next to me had four wheels and a steering wheel and a motor and a car and that's essentially it and then his knowledge of how to go faster on the track and at that point it's like he didn't even know if I was in the wheelchair or not so it's just alright he's got bigger balls and he's better at going fast yeah daddy so that was going to be just, my next uh, question what did it feel like when you first got out there and you just yeah, not paralyzed yeah and you just floored it you just smoked somebody's ass what did it feel like it was it felt normal it was the most normal I've ever felt it was just like this is what I this is what I know this is what I've been doing this I've, I haven't gone this slow in my entire life when I first got into a chair so like when I was I've never been in the house creating behind the computer and I don't watch TV still Right. I just I can't I, I'm always, always outside whether I was on a bicycle skateboard scooters skate, skate didn't really matter I was just going fast I hated walking because it was too slow no so excuses it was just, play like uh, a champion walk. it's too slow walking's just too Walking's slow he too never slow. needed to walk because it's too slow. He needed wheels. That's why he's. Paralyzed. Let me tell you what. He needed to go faster. Let me tell you what. I, yeah, exactly. I love it. I That's absolutely amazing. love it. I mean, I have. It, first off, dude, it's and I'm not making light of this. It is an honor to actually be able to talk to you to, yes. to hear about the inventions. 
to hear your I story. Appreciate that. And well, no, we appreciate it. And anybody at Ford, Chevy, Toyota, I mean, I don't care who you're with. You need Tesla. To, yeah, old Tesla, especially Tesla. Hello. I mean, the Elon Musk is. He would be all over this. The I'll Elon Musk. Yeah. He would be all. I mean, this is you talk about revolutionized. Yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> I I didn't mean to stomp all over the design and creation, but I keep thinking of what's next. What is the next evolution or revolution of what you're going to do? Uh, well, I've got a few different sets of controls. So, like, the, you guys are talking about the Paralympics and such. So the, I mean, there's a simulator version, and that's ideally the main goal with those is to get them in the rehab center so people can start playing with them, start working their strength up and getting accommodated to the system. And then from there, they can take it to wherever they want, whether it's sim racing or actually realistically getting on track. And then from there, there's, I've got rally controls, drift controls, set up for go-kart, set up for UTV, um, just kind of encapsulated the whole market. So anyone whatever they want to race they can go do and then from there the next step is just to start creating events around the, the system for not only able-bodied individuals but differently abled individuals so they can combine because there's, there's no difference we're all differently abled in certain ways and you guys have joked about it where some are just more physically apparent than others when some are mentally disabled or differently abled and some are visually and physically impaired so that's where I, I would like to just be able to create an actually extreme event or extreme venues and be able to allow people to come out and experience what's available to them with the technologies on the market now, whether it's just only my stuff or the, and there's people that are in chairs that are doing amazing things now. And like everybody that's doing backflips for Nitro Circus and all that yep. stuff. So it's just, it's crazy. So I want them to be able to see that and be exposed to that and know that the life's not over and they're not limited by whatever the doctor's telling because most people believe whatever their mentors or their people, most people, influential people around them are saying, whether it's their parents or friends or doctors or whoever it may be, and they believe it. And that's the most terrible thing in life. And the worst thing to waste in life is talent. So there's so much talent that goes to waste because of typically finances, but a lot of the time bad decisions as well. And maybe my bad, my decision was a bad decision. Maybe it was a decision I was supposed to make so I can create these controls and create opportunities for other individuals and myself and everything else. But to be honest, I'm just going with the flow and just trying to follow whatever doors God's opening and whatever is not and walking in the right direction and keep things moving because uh, it's just being passion driven and that's that's what drove the controls to be created is my passion to go fast and I wanted to keep going faster and that's what they allow me to do is just uh, try to be a normal level and uh, even better than I could before essentially so um, yeah I mean I don't I don't really know to be honest I, I'm just things are getting a little bit more crazy now that the word's getting out and more eyeballs are starting to pay attention and I, I enjoy it. I think it's all happening in all in God's time, I guess, because mm-hmm. it's a very interesting. Uh, uh, like just this year alone, it's been one year that it's been the most different year I've ever had in my life because I'm used to racing. I'm used to going after sponsors every the typical end of the season, the way it works and the window of sponsorship and all that. And so this year, I had to kind of just decide that I wasn't going to do that. I was going to focus on creating the controls so they are universally adaptable. They are available for the general public and making it so that that was. Um, the next step in in the industry and then for me it was it'll also open up some doors as well for for being able to race and being able to help people race and just give back to the community and just give back to different individuals the freedom that they were they thought they lost or they essentially did lose but um 
can now be regranted back to them. So, Mario, you I, mentioned something uh, just a minute ago about how the controls make you drive better than you did before. Um, immobilization aside, mentally, what is it like using those controls versus when you would drive regularly? Um, well, for me, it's very intuitive. So a lot of people look at them. I mean, I had, I did a shoot with Red Bull and a buddy of mine, he's a Red Bull racer as well. He drives rallycross and he's a multi-champion and he was supposed to actually try the controls and he ended up not wanting to try them because they're, he just got overwhelmed and just, just didn't think he could handle it. But, wow. um, what the they're, heck? they're very, necessity. yeah. So I was like, no, the whole point of this thing got blown away, but, but, uh, no, so it was, um, I don't know for me, I'd be that I live life every day with my hands it's it's very intuitive I think but it's also the way that I designed them is it's all off of just gravity and uh, physics so when you break you're pushing forward to break when you're shifting it's pulling back and forward just like a sequential shift through wood when you're giving it a throttle you're just twisting like a motorcycle which is I mean for me that's kind of natural but uh-huh. something that maybe take a little bit to get used to but for the most part everything is all happening within your two hands uh-huh. while you're steering so you're able to do more stuff than you typically can when you're letting go of the wheel or grabbing the gear shifter grabbing the e-brake or the handbrake grabbing using your feet to do the pedals so instead of hand eye feet and just every coordination you need you just need your hands and eyes and brain uh, so i think a lot of people are going to be surprised once they try them they're even able-bodied i'm really curious to hear their opinion and output input on what to think of how they actually operate and how they are able to apply them because it's um and depending on the situation, it's 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 very simple in my opinion. So, um, and you're able to do things that you typically would like if you're mid corner and having to grab a shift, it, it, your hands are already on the wheel. It's it's like having five hands and not wow. needing fingers. So it, it's really weird to explain it that way, I guess. Yeah. But no, but, yeah, um, but I get it. I, I can see that. I can see it in my mental eye. And his mental you, eye. And he you know what? <laughs> I don't. I, I I don't want to uh, force any suggestions on anyone. But we all know that little E is not the greatest driver in no, the I'm world. No, I'm not. I'll just claim it. I'm not. It's so okay. I think she should be one that tests this. Oh, please. That would be amazing. You know, and I can't drive stick shifts, so it this needs might to be, on be a really good track. for me. It needs to be on a closed track. Yes, it needs to be on a closed track. Lots of extinguishers. And like, you know, maybe bumpers. Yes. Pillows if possible. Yes, we need yeah. lots of like clouds. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Michelin man like clouds. Yeah. Fat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, no. There's, it could be. I'm not going to say it because I love you. <laughs> it could be horrible. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be happy to. It'd be awesome. It'd be, that's, I why, that's that. why I want to create the events because I actually had a, a driving school that I created a, a few years ago before oh. racing got more serious. And um, there's actually a video on YouTube. We had a ranch that we had access to with 60 acres. And Dude. we had 10, uh, we bought 10 E30 BMWs and equipped them. And I had females, uh, paraplegics, quadriplegics, they're all out there. And we were just teaching them just general driving, driver control. That's and awesome. three of the drivers hadn't been back on the track because they were just afraid to go on track or go on, get back on the road because of all the variables that are involved with driving in general and people that suck at driving, right. especially in California. Lily. Uh, so, 
I'm not denying it. So, not actually, yeah, no, California does have some really bad drivers. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you know what? I did drive a convertible in, in California, in L.A., on the highway when Ew. I was at least 17. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you didn't know enough yet. No. Yeah. No, no, I wasn't yeah. as stupid as that. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell the rental company, no, nah, I don't need a car. I'll just Uber. Yeah. No, nah, I don't even want to drive. I'm the best driver on yep. the planet. Um, <laughs> not really, because I got Speaking of, I need to talk to you about helping me fix the speed ticket I just got. Oh, no. Um, so, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, Mario. You just dropped a bombshell on us. Yeah, what is this driving school? What I had is this no driving idea. school you got here, Yeah, son? I didn't see this video. Yeah. I missed that video. Now, tell me, but is this nonprofit? Yeah. Is this just something you do on the side? What is this? No, I actually had to shut it down, unfortunately, just due to okay. my partner and I not seeing eye to eye. I understand. And, uh, um, yeah, he, it was just a, it was an unfortunate thing because everyone was, I mean, the cars obviously had to have brakes, but nobody wanted to get out of the car because they had to sit down one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were taking breaks in between, letting the cars cool down and everything else. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, long story short, it didn't work out between us and the owner of the property ended up selling it. And, okay. um, so yeah, it was just an unfortunate deal, but I will Get those guys there. All right, so let's talk about what you got going on and how people can help. Because I mean, or how they how they can be helped by this too. Because it yeah, sounds exactly. like his yeah, goal is to help others, which I love. Because I mean, he took a year off racing to help other people. How amazing is that? That's how many the, drivers you know do that? Because I don't what, know any. This dude is my is 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 my new hero. Oh, he's, he is absolutely my hero. So I'm, I'm, I'm seriously enamored by him. Yes. If I'm someone who's looking to get the paddles to get the driving apparatus, or if I'm an organization that's listening to this and is like, you know what, I would love to help support. How do both? Um, I'm as far as getting knocked hold of me or how to yeah. do or yeah, what, absolutely. What, what, yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes. I think I mean how, how, how do we do it man how do we help how do we buy uh, so I just I mean I have the website the website's still kind of under construction just because I've been focused on the actual engineering side of things and working on that computer but um, I've had to wear a lot of hats just doing everything by myself but they'll be available the first sets are actually being cut right now the first run of the controls so they'll be done this next week oh, and um, yeah they'll be available online the, the website's kesindustries.com and that's uh, kesindustries.com yeah. okay Yep, I keep them spinning. And uh, for the most part, I just, I mean, just uh, you can shoot me an email. I have all my contact information on there. My social media is usually the quickest, easiest way to get a hold of me. And it's just my name, Mario Bonfani underscore 37, which is my number. Uh, I'm on Instagram. And then I want to talk about the keep it spinning, because if only you could have seen the <laughs> dance that, that Lily just did. I want to know where the keep it spinning came from. I'm not picking on you. I'm yes, just you making observations. All right. <laughs> yeah, <okay>. So <laughs> what was that again? Mario? Bonfani. Bon- Mario Bonfani. We got we to gotta say his name right. We, for those of you who didn't get to listen to us at the beginning because we are I'm from South Boston. Out. I butcher everything. Yeah, Leave we didn't say his last name right. It Mario Bonfani 30 <laughs> underscore 37. You got it. Got it. I'm, I'm all over. I'm following homeboy right now. We have to pick on each other because we we pronounce things very strangely on the show. <laughs> I just see everything that he does and everything that he's going to do in the future. Uh, first off, it's going to be a rocket ship. Yeah, um, no kidding. Dude, you're going to go nuclear. Uh, 
Just remember I, us when you do. Yeah, I mean, first of all, yeah, thank you for taking the time to, yes. to sit down and chat with us. Um, I appreciate it. Racing Junk is one of my favorite sites to go on and browse and wish and dream and can't wait to be able to afford race cars when I can. So it's just, uh, that's kind of, it's an honor. Hey, that's just the next step. God's going to have you helping everybody else and then he's going to help you. Can't you get him a discount? Um, I don't get even get a discount. discount. They won't even give me a discount. Can you believe that? Well, I mean, they won't let me on the site. They well, have they sort of do, yeah. but they live they in don't. Chris's time on the site. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they, they really don't. I mean, I'm not even like allowed to be like in or near anything that I can lift, which I mean, I think is kind of offensive. <laughs> So, they but, just don't let you near the cars they're selling. That's all. I, look, I'm afraid of what you'll do to look, them or you'll steal that's them. I mean, water I'm under the bridge. It was years ago. Okay, I gave it back. <laughs> I gave it back a few years later, but I gave it back. <laughs> was it in the same condition? No, no? but I gave okay. it back. And look, it's no deposit, no return. Okay, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. There you go. So, no, I mean, Mario, dude, first off, thank you for everything that you've done. Thank yes. you for what you're going to do. The plan that God has laid out in front of you is is so amazing. Yes. It's, I know it's going to touch you. I know it's going to touch millions of others. Yes. Please keep going. Yes, don't stop for nothing. Please let us know what we can do to help. Um, if there are any sponsors out there listening that would like to reach out, KESindustries.com. Uh, follow him on social media, Mario Bonfante underscore 37. Uh, now, is that your Twitter and your Instagram? Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm terrible with technology, so I'm like doing my what? best to keep up with just like Facebook so and Instagram. I, but I love it. It's he, okay. I'm terrible with technology, my left foot. He just said. He's, he's, he's not terrible with technology. You, he just doesn't worry about spending all his time on social media. And you know what? For your age, that is fantastic. Because yeah, too many people at, you know, that young age, they are just right. all about social media. And then they can't do anything else. I'm like, still trying to figure out else. what the hell duck lips are. I got the chat snaps the other week. And I'm not good at it. Yeah, I, I don't never, know how I, to use it. I got it. rid of Snapchat a long time ago. I can't even figure it out. I give up. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 15 and still yeah. at school drinking Starbucks, which I don't get <laughs> in class. <laughs> oh God, don't get me started. Uh, Mario, man, seriously, we're we so excited. And and I don't know if uh, Brian or Shane has had a chance to to talk to you about. Oh, they both have about the last podcast. Yeah. They sung your praises like yes. you've never heard. What you're doing, uh, I'm sure you've seen by now the impact that it's that it's doing. And for anybody out there that has any inquiries, yes. please reach out. I mean, dude, before you yeah. get just swamped, you know, let feel the love, let the folks touch you, yeah. and then turn it over to a firm <laughs> and let them run Man, into I, the ground. <laughs> I hope so. I, I mean, I, I need some help. So I, I need some good people around me. I've had plenty of uh, plenty of interesting people that I've ran into in, in LA and plastic people that are yeah, I mean I, I, my manager took advantage of me and last year in Finland Scandinavia and ended up letting leave me homeless there so I was kind of interested oh, oh my goodness and, and, and that's, that's a totally different story yeah so I'm just oh, uh, but anyways well, yeah you know, he I, ended up taking 100 grand but oddly um, enough Lily and I are both looking for gainful employment <laughs> and um, so if you need a PR team 
Chris me just, is just trying to use hey, man. Yeah, you, you, you know, let me just go ahead and give you our pitch. We're not the best. Uh, we're not the greatest. But we're at least here. <laughs> we're at least here. No, and I appreciate that. That means more than you know. So. See, that's a tagline. Right? Hey, uh, I just want to tell your story. I'm just excited to tell your story. So yeah, we appreciate no. you giving us the opportunity. I mean, literally everyone I spoke to there at, uh, you know, the Adaptive Motorsports at Southside, I mean, everybody was singing your praises. I mean, I know not everyone that was there knew you, but the people that I spoke to, there were about four people there that I spoke to and one on the phone because um, um, Shane didn't make it. But, you know, we did speak <laughs> for uh, 30 minutes on the phone and I couldn't get him to shut up. And <laughs> Shane, I love you. I miss you. I'm sorry you didn't make it. Um, but they were we singing you, your praises. And um, so everybody was missing you. And I even spoke to a gentleman um, for a long time that is an online friend of Mario's oh. who is incredible and started his own organization to help others as well. So it's amazing the impact. And he did that kind of from the influence of Mario. So the, the fact that Mario is making such a big difference in so many people's lives and other ways you might not even know yeah. is just incredible yeah. to me. So. That's that's the great thing is the stuff that you don't see. Exactly. And that will come back to you tenfold. So yeah. uh, once again, kesindustries.com. Mario Bonfante underscore 37. Please go follow. Please go support. Uh, dude, amazing story. Uh, I think I've, he's going to be a gold win, gold medal winning para-athlete para someday. Oh, pff, that's not even I don't even know why they don't have this in the X Games. I mean, I just... Mm, they will. I uh, you, you know I mean, what? It's, it's, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Everything is just a matter of time. I, I'm, I'm shooting for the world championship, to be honest. In all honesty, that's oh, yeah. where I want to be. You are world champion. What that. are you talking about? You're already there. You're a world champion. I would not bet against this dude champion. if the Sharks that I, I don't want the title. Right now I don't here. just... You are a world champion. I just though. want to. I'm not looking for any titles. I'm not looking for any like any type of praise or anything like that. I just want to see how far I can take it, and if I can take it to the top of the world level at and rally world rally cross stage, then that's where I'm I'm trying to get to. And uh, so personally, on on a personal level, that's what I created the controls for, on a selfish level, I guess you'd say. But uh, that's what I'm that's who I'm trying to take down. Like when I was a kid, it was Rossi. Now it's Petter Solberg or whoever else is holding the FIA World Rally. World Rally Cross title and any other one that I can have access to. So, so there's an RDM coming for him and uh, everybody else that's uh, just involved in, in the industry. It's just Paralympic is going to be great. Can't wait till that's all come to fruition. But for now, I I don't believe in limits. I don't believe in any excuses. So I'm coming for you with you. Have, if you have legs, if you don't have legs, if you have amputee or if you're quadriplegic, paraplegic, able body walking, deep walking around, you're the best dancer in the world. I'm going to go take, up, take on the dance floor with you. But, uh, yep. yeah, I just um, I want to dance with the best and have a good time. And it's, I don't care if there's a title behind it. I just want to make sure that I can push my personal abilities to the, to the furthest extent. And that's the reason I created the controls, so they can do that for me. And everybody else that wants to do the same for themselves. They could go do normal track days or they can go race the best in the world. And I think uh, they're finally there. And I'm happy to be able to allow others to indulge in that as well because, yeah, the limits are only – we create our own mind and we got to go to break past those barriers and boundaries and figure out what we want and just go after it because yeah i'm not a i'm not into the whole title thing i'm not into the all that stuff but i'm definitely into going fast and challenging myself with the best in the world and if that's somebody that's a para or somebody that's a amputee or somebody that's able-bodied doesn't matter to me i just i i want to be 
the best person that I can personally be. And I know there's always somebody better. So that's the reality in, in racing in general. It's cut dry. There's you real no, no other champion out there. The one thing they're scared of the most is the person who's most determined. And Mario hey, Bonfante. That's Mario. Dude, thank yeah. you. Hey, man, please keep in touch. Let yes. us know how things go and let us know how we can help. And we are honored to have had you on Behind the Wheel here on Racing Junk with us. No, it's been an honor talking to you guys, and you know, I love your guys' energy and just everything about it. Love the support, and yeah, I appreciate it. Look forward to keeping in touch, and like likewise, you guys need to reach out and need me to help in any way, or if I can't help in any way, I'd love to. So, just uh, let me know. Oh, we will. Thank you, Mario, Mario. Thank you so much, man. We look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, you guys, stay blessed. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. You too. Bye bye. I mean. Okay, so we've talked to a lot of people here mm-hmm. on Behind the Wheel right. on RacingJunk.com. <laughs> I like the way Chris says that, so I'll let him say it. <laughs> That's right. I'm like the Barry White of the podcast. Yeah, oh, baby. I don't know about all that. No. But okay. <laughs> probably more like the Wary White. Uh, <laughs> so we've had some great motivational individuals, some great people who've accomplished many things. I mean, we've had world champions. We've had innovators. We've had... People who've done firsts, which, you know, years from now, the history books will reflect, this is the person that did that first. Mario is probably, by far, the best one that we've had to date. What he's, he's definitely done? the most inspiring. I mean, this guy, I mean, I've made excuses uh, as to why I've not gotten things done in my life. Yeah. But now, I just, I the, mean. Ryan's mad at me because I didn't paint the deck tonight. And I'm like... <laughs> Uh, you have no excuse now. <laughs> I got no excuse. Here's a Mario would have done it. He'd yeah, got to be like he'd be like Chris. Forget you, man. I got this. Yeah, he'd be up the door right with now. With his with his paddles and his steering wheels, he would have created something. Here's the thing I'm scared about. He would have created a robot to do it for you. Here's that's what I'm scared about. <laughs> him him and Watson are going to get together. Mm-hmm. Him and Watson are going to get together. We're all going to be assimilated. And we're going to be working for him. I'm going to be digging up turnips. I'm not scared of that, though, because Mario is the coolest guy. I'll work for him. I will work for him. I'll yeah, have no problem see, with that. Yeah, but what happens when he gets together with Watson? I'm scared about that. <laughs> I, don't you know, I don't think he's going to trust Watson. You know my biggest fear is alligators and being assimilated by a giant Coke machine looking <laughs> damn Watson type of thing. You know that's going to happen. It is. I mean, think about it. You've seen the movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. We're going to be part of it. And I'm going to be crying. Look at me. I'm too pretty. I am too pretty, pretty to be taken apart by one of them little things. I can't go to prison. I just can't. I'm just saying. But I am I am excited about, what's he's, about what Mario's building. Yes. I cannot wait to see where it goes and what he does. And... I mean, just the fact that he took the time to sit down and talk to us, it's its not really reflective right now. It'll be reflective years from now when... Ten year, I mean, five, ten years from now, I'm telling you, he's going to be on all the news programs yeah. saying how he's made it possible for every driver that couldn't drive because they have some kind of disability or the world's view of a disability. Yeah. To and, be able to drive. Them, or, you know, even the... D, I mean, the DMV now takes your driver's license for your vision. I mean, they could... They just as easily well, could take your driver's license for a disability, like you know. Yeah, an the DMV or takes something. licenses for many reasons. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they want to take Chris's, but that's a whole. <laughs> they've taken a few of them. Yeah, that's a whole nother and, and he can't help you, Chris. <clears throat> sorry. No. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, 
You're absolutely right. Yeah. He, he is making it possible for people who who are immobile to now be mobile. Exactly. He's made, he's inspiring people who have been afraid to do something because doctors or nurses or any of those have told them this is your life now. You can't do what you always did to saying, I can do anything I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where he took it at 17. I mean, I don't know any 17-year-olds that would say, they'd be like, okay, well, I'm you know, I'm immobile. I can't. I mean, he even yeah. inspired a young man at the Richmond event to, I mean, he was paralyzed around the same age, to not only drive an ATV again, but he's able to uh, shoot competitively. Right. And he, he's not able to use his arms. So that's amazing to me. And it's, they're not afraid of anything. That's one no. thing I loved about every guy, every person I met at this event. Nobody's afraid of anything. Right. Nobody so, said, I'm going to stop. Everybody who's handy capable, mm-hmm. every wounded warrior, mm-hmm. every individual who thought, I can't do this, guess what? You now you have can. an avenue to do it. Yeah. So, so no more excuses. I mean, I'm. Just the fact that we got a chance to talk to him. I know. I'm so humbled. Ellen. I mean, just ridiculous. No, no, no. Kudos. Oh, yeah, no. I'm humbled. Well, my ego's pretty huge. Yeah, it takes a lot. So I'm not going to say I'm humbled. (laughs) I'm going to say it was appropriate. Yeah. Um, But in all honesty, kudos, man. That's a huge get. It's all due to Adaptive Motorsports. I thank them for letting me come out. Yes, Brian Hannaford, Shane Mills. Shane, we love you. You got to take us to. Indy, Indy, please. Me and Chris want to go. I sure hate it for you. I sure hate it for you because you know how I am on trips. I'm a diva. So I I can't help it. Look look at me, though. I mean, look at me when I get in public. What happens? People want autographs. Oh, please. They want, okay, maybe I dream that up. Yeah, you dream that up. Sorry. But (laughs) if you've ever seen Dawson's Creek. He doesn't look anything like him. What is he talking about? <laughs> Who do you look like on Dawson's Creek? The, I did, I, the fish in the, the pond that they're fishing? Where are you going with that? Where, where, no, no, see, you went, uh, you, you took are a you left turn. Are you in the creek? <laughs> I, I am next to a creek. That's where I was going with that. Oh, okay. My house is next to a creek. So now, now you're on Dawson's Creek. Now, okay. my, now my, my parole officer says I can't really announce word, <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, for, there's the correlation. I'm James Vanderbeek. <laughs> oh, okay. He just has he just has green. prettier hair. I got better bone structure. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> so we are excited for Mario. We're excited for Adaptive Motorsports. Yeah. Please go support those guys. Keep it spinning. Uh, KESindustries.com. Uh, and, of course, Mario Bonfante underscore 37. Uh, follow him on Instagram. And we look forward to the next it's going to be hard to top the next one. I know. It's going to be hard to top this one. I don't even know where I'm going to go the next direction. Dude, I, I, don't, I just, I think we've reached our head now. You know I love you like Kanye loves Kanye. <laughs> it's going to be tough for you to top this. I know. My expectations So anybody are out there that has a really great guest in mind, please let me know. I'm going to call my buddy Jeb. I'm going to call my cousin Jeb. Jeb Burton. Oh, Jeb's going to be better than them? I don't know. Sorry, no, I love he ain't going to be better than that. Jeb, <laughs> I love you, and you know this, but you ain't going to be better than Mario Bonfante, son. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I know you got a hunting show on some channel, but guess what? I ain't going to be as good as that. <laughs> uh, no, we are looking forward to this year. Lots of changes. Lots of great stuff coming. Uh, you can already see it. And just follow us, racingjunk.com. Uh, follow the podcast. Follow Lily. Uh, she got all types of Instagrams and, <laughs> and chat snaps and, and, and I don't have any snaps. I ain't got any. I can't do it. I'm not 15. I don't care about having Starbucks in my class at school. 
<laughs> oh, did I just offend somebody? You probably did. Cut that out. <laughs> oh, I do it so regularly. So. I know you do. But now we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. <laughs> Good <thing. laughs>